Vineyard Church, how are you today? It's good to be with you. If we have not had the chance to meet, I just want to personally say I'm so glad that you're gathered to worship today. Today we're launching a new series uh, called Divine. And before I jump into week one of our message series, I want to just give kind of two encouragements. The first is this, if you want to be a part of the marriage journey, this is dating, engaged, married. If you are in a committed couple relationship and you're looking to grow and invest in your relationship, we would love for you to be a part of this. If you have signed up or are going to sign up, I want to give one challenge to our church uh, community. Do not come alone. Try to get one couple that's in your sphere of influence that you're friends with. They do not have to be a part of the Vineyard Church to participate in this free resource we are wanting to give away. We want to put as many couples on Zoom to, inv to invest in as many couples as possible. And you'll get to hopefully build some community. We're actually practicing that. by We are linking up with a Vineyard Church on the East Coast outside of Philadelphia to work together to do this. So I would just say, invite somebody. And if you can only make one of the three, sign up. Okay? It's free. You just have to sign up, okay? All right, that's enough of that. Hey, the other thing is we spotlighted a resource that we are really trying to encourage this uh, year called Right Now Media. It is a, a discipleship resource tool. What is discipleship? That is learning to live the way Jesus would live if Jesus were living your life. All right? You can get it for free. You can text 41411, and it is two words, right now, Pearland VC. Just text that. It'll get you free access. We've made it available to everybody in our church. And then once you get on, there's a thing called libraries. Look for the Vineyard Church Library. We're going to start spotlighting some specific resources like Dallas Willard's Hearing God, learning how to have a conversational walk with the living God who wants to speak to you and lead you and guide you and direct you and draw you into community. So I'm excited about this. I would love for us to press in, extend the invitation. And just so you know, if you want, you can give this away. Just tell your friend, text 41411 right now, Pearland VC. They can have access to it also. We want to be a generous community. Hey, so today we're launching Divine. We're going to be focusing out of uh, 2 Peter for the next few weeks, looking at what does it look like to understand the invitation of God to participate in the divine power of God resourcing us and the divine nature of God calling us to be everything that we've been made to be. The divine power of God and the divine nature of God. And I think this is anchoring us in the work because this is in the New Testament. Second Peter is a letter to believers in the New Testament following the life of Jesus. And so we have to understand that the life of Jesus radically changed the church. It birthed the Christian church as we understand it today, and the people leading the church in that day and time are extending the kingdom the way they saw Jesus extend it. This should cultivate a hunger in our life for the things of Jesus. We should begin to expect God to move in our lives the way we see God move in the church in the New Testament. That you're actually being invited to participate. This is not just a, a kind of passive intellectual belief study. We believe lots of things. The question is, what's changing our life? What does it look like to experience life change? When Jesus showed up on the scene, the church, the religious community, believed lots of things. 
There's this knowing, this walking with God that we're going to see in 2 Peter. There's this encouragement to the church. There's this encouragement to the church. And so before I kind of frame out a little bit more 2 Peter, I want to ask you a couple questions. And the first is this. What, in your opinion or experience, is the purpose of faith? For your life, what is the impact of faith? Maybe faith got you to the Vineyard Church today. Maybe faith has you prioritizing time. So then, is faith just about a worship service? the work of God and the reality of God and the activity of God calling us to something so much more. That your work life would be radically impacted by the reality of God. Your family life. Your decision making. Your spending. Your time allotment. Who you're spending your time with and what you talk about when you're together. See, in 2 Peter, we see this letter to followers of Jesus to the church. And if you keep reading beyond what we have time to, to kind of focus on and get through, you'll see that there's this encouragement to them to resist false teachers. There's this encouragement to them to understand the eschatological impact of God being one of God's kingdom coming and making things right. Eschatology is the study of the end times. And he's setting the sights of the church on do not be discouraged if it seems like it's taking God a long time because God's heart is that many would come to faith. That lives would be changed, families would be changed, family trees would be changed, generation to generation to generation would get us here today. So that we understand there is a welcome for you and for me into the kingdom of God, which is an eternal kingdom. He's expanding vision, and he's calling us to anchor in the kingdom and to anchor to Jesus above all things. Is that what your life looks like? Does Jesus have the most authoritative voice in your life? This is going to be the journey that we're on as we look at 2 Peter 1, because we see that in the divine, there are divine invitation to you and to me to understand that we get to participate in the divine. We get to live the divine life that God's designed us to and calls us to. So let's look at scripture together, and I'm going to begin reading, uh, starting in verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Do you see how intimately connected this opening is to relationship with God and the righteousness of God, the reality of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, it is anchoring us in a relational context that everything we have is received in faith through Jesus. His divine power, your divine power, 
my divine power. No, Jesus, the divine power, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has given us, a community, everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is loaded with so much invitation and so much opportunity and to understand that God is saying, come, be with me. Let me be your source and understand that I'm inviting you into the things of the kingdom. I'm inviting you into a transformational journey that is understood in knowing me, not knowing the right facts, but knowing me as though we walk together. Knowing me as the one who is near you and the one of character who wants to be there and speak in your life. It's like you know my voice and you know the way I think and you know who I am. But what I know is we see this clear kind of focal point that I don't want us to miss as we launch this series. Because so often when I read scripture, I can read it like, oh God, that's wonderful. Like right now I'm reading through Luke with a friend and I'm reading these passages of scripture in Luke and I'm like, man, that's so cool, Jesus healed people. Man, that's so cool, Jesus set people free. Man, that's so cool, Jesus forgives sins. But what we see is that there is something more significant going on than just isn't that neat and isn't Jesus cool. There is a kingdom collision. There is a kingdom collision. And in 2 Peter, we see that. In 2 Peter, we see that because in verse 4, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. That means I can participate in something else. There is something that's not divine. There is something that is not the character and heart of God that I can participate in. And Peter like explicitly says, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So where do you see this collision? Like just... Think about, as you look out, where do we see the kingdom collision? The kingdom of God colliding with the kingdom of Satan or the kingdom of darkness. Where do you notice that? Where do you experience that? I experience it in myself. Look at this next picture. 
See, I think that for all of us, the kingdom of collision is in come this way. Seems subtle enough. See, the corruption of the world is that there's confusion and chaos over come this way. Oh, just come. Just this way. In Luke 4, Jesus experiences this. Full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is led into the wilderness and he's tempted by Satan. And Satan's offer is just, hey, come this way. Hey, look at all these kingdoms. Look at all this power. It's mine. I can give it to you. Just bow down and worship me. Come this way. Oh, nobody will, no, nobody's looking. Just come this way. Oh, just take care of yourself. Live life in your own power, in your own authority. Do it your way. Come this way. See, this is the air that we breathe. It is so hard to see through it and sift through it because every one of us is inundated with voices saying, this way is true. This way is good. Come this way. And there's a collision because evil desires are at work in this day and time. But what I want to encourage us is to turn our attention and turn the affection of our heart and turn our gaze away from that and understand that God is saying to you today, his divine power, his divine power is available for you. You can have a source that is God-initiated, God-breathed, God-resourced, that the presence of the living God wants to fill you so that your thoughts and your emotions and your will and your spirit and your soul and your thought processes and your decision-making and your character are being called into the reality of God because it's God's power at work in you and through you. His divine power. You know, and it says his divine power, and he has these precious promises for us, and we get to participate in the divine nature. Remember, this is a continuation of those who walked with Jesus. So in John, we see this explicitly. In John 17, it states emphatically that eternal life consists in knowing God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Knowing God. See, there's lots of things that I know that have no impact on how I live. But the relationships in my life drastically change the way I live my life. The ones that I actually allow to have authority and to have voice. Do you know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent? In a relational way, in a, I hear your voice and I'm going to do what I hear you speaking to me about. That I know you because in the quiet hours of the morning I'm up spending time with you. In the watches of the night when I wake up, I begin to say, God, would you speak to me because I believe you're with me and it is your power alive in me that I would know you, Jesus, relationally, intimately. When you think about your faith journey, do you go, I have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Jesus knows everything about me. It's all, I'm an open book. But more importantly, I say, God, I want to know everything about you so that my life would be lived from your divine power. It was the promise of Jesus to say, I will not leave you or forsake you. I will be with you to the end of the age. 
It was the promise of Jesus that says, I will give you my Holy Spirit to be with you. So we get to Acts. And in Acts, we see his glory and his goodness because it is in his glory and his goodness that we are called to live this life. How many of you go tomorrow in your board meeting, tomorrow on your Zoom calls, go, I get to live by the glory and goodness of God today. When you get on the chat, hey, here, it's his glory and it's his goodness that's fueling me today. That's what the text is saying. That we would be captured more by that truth than anything else. His glory, his goodness, his power resourcing you for the full life that you've been invited to live. And if you're anything like me, you go, man, my life is not all that godly sometimes. Guess what I just need to ask for? More of his power, and I need to get over myself. It's not about my glory. Sometimes I want it to be about my goodness, that people would like me, that people would think I'm kind. That's actually not even it. Anything inside of me that wants to be kind is because that is the character of God. That is the heart of God, the compassion of Christ. We talked about it last week. He looked out at the people, and he had compassion on them. Compassion on them. His power. I just want to take a moment to just, just allow us to just think about what we experienced this week. I don't know what you experienced this week. How are you processing headlines right now? How are you processing the new year? How are you processing the events of our day and time? Like how, when you walk through the door today, we all did it. We all, we all walked through the door in here. If you're online, you know, are you still in your pajamas? Did you opt for your Sunday best pajamas? You know, whatever it is. Like, wherever you are today, how is the condition of your heart? How's the condition of your soul? Do you feel rested in the presence of God? Do you feel secure in the resources of God? Do you feel like there's a rich welcome for you into the eternal kingdom, which means if there's an eternal kingdom, anything happening in this day and time needs to be anchored in the reality that God is eternal and he's got it and he's okay and he is a place of secure, loving kindness? See, when we talk about his divine power, the divine power of God is intended to have an impact on our daily lives as followers of Christ. And what that means is, is any other power bows to the power of Jesus. Every other structure and power bows to the kingdom of God because there is no other kingdom that's eternal. His divine power gives us everything we need for a godly life because I don't have to go take it by my own power. In surrender and humility, I walk with God. I walk with God. I know God relationally. So I'm not distracted by somebody saying this way and this way. I look at Jesus the way and the truth and the life, knowing his divine power by the Holy Spirit is giving me everything I need for a godly life. I'm going to be even more explicit about my own experience this week. 
We are in the middle, as a country, of a political power war. I'm just, I'm aware of it. There are images I saw that don't tell the whole story, but they capture expressions that are a part of our humanity right now that were incredibly hard to see. And here's what I want to encourage us as a community today. I do not get the privilege to make Jesus in my image. Jesus does not bow to my ideas about how the world works. I'm invited to bow to him and to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit is a divine gift to me to live in community with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which means all other positions of power bow, all other voices bow so that I can understand I have a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, which means I have to anchor myself to Jesus and my heart for the crowd, whichever crowd you're looking at, is compassion. Our country is being inundated with the weight of comparison, and it needs to bow and become the heart of compassion. We need the kingdom, an eternal kingdom that dwarfs any kingdom that's on the earth in this day and time. So if you are struggling and if you are unsure and you are confused by what you are seeing, no matter how that confusion hits you, no matter how that chaos hits you, no matter how afraid and fearful it makes you, today God is saying, I have my divine power available to you because I love you and I want to have relationship with you. And I'm not just making this up. This is the church in Acts. In Acts 1.8 he says, but wait for me because the Holy Spirit will come on you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit will come on you and you will be empowered to be my witnesses to the eternal king and the eternal kingdom. His divine power. His divine power. Hope for wherever you're hopeless. Love for wherever you're feeling insecurity. Love for wherever there's fear. His divine power. May we be a people of compassion and not comparison. The life of Jesus is the good news of the kingdom. And that is an invitation to everybody here and everybody that you are going to cross paths with. See, invitation is to his divine nature. When you look in the mirror, how do you, how do you like, think about yourself? Do you give it much thought? Do you go, I need more hairspray? <laughs> no, that's just me. Okay. Look, here's the deal. This is, an, this is a remarkable, remarkable passage of Scripture. This is anchoring us in an identity that cannot be shaken or taken and is not limited to things less than God. It is saying, come live your God-given identity. Come participate in the divine nature of God because you are one who has said, I, 
bow my life to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and I want to participate, not just being made in your image, but living like you would live. But you don't have to do it by your own power, which is why I think he said his divine power comes first, resources us, we receive our faith, we receive our calling, we receive our identity, and then we live with freedom. And it's good news. It's good news to everybody you're going to talk to this week. It's good news. We are his, and we are invited to be his kids and to be in his family so that when you go to your eternal home, it is an eternal welcome that is rich because you are experiencing the family of God in all its fullness. This is the good news of the kingdom. This is why Jesus came. He says, I came to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. This is why I was sent. This is why we are sent. Nothing less. We can't settle for anything less. It is good news, and this is what is needed in this day and time because people need good news. And it is found in the kingdom. We are firmly attached to the family of God. I'm just going to be honest. This is where we have to choose community more deeply in the local church. We can't just walk in and walk out. I got my service in. It's more than that. It's allowing some people to know more about you, to connect beyond a service, to read scripture together during the week, to pray for one another, to say this is where it's hard. This is where I'm not feeling very participatory in the divine nature of God. And it's all about connection. I said it this morning, we had some people gather to pray, and I just said, if this was all about knowing the right answers, like if it was literally about passing the like faith test, we could just Google our way into the kingdom. I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to devalue the importance of like knowing and growing. It says Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and favor with man. We need to be a whole person being made holy into the likeness of Jesus. But what I'm saying is we cannot opt out of connection. The participating in the divine nature of God is about connecting with the living God and connecting with the people around us. To attach our lives to God so that when God moves, we move. When God shines light into the things in me that are dark, I slow down and I say, come Holy Spirit. When I realize I'm not loving my neighbor the way that I should, I allow God in connectedness to me to teach me how to love my neighbor and how to love my enemy. It's about connection. Jesus anchors us in the connection of the kingdom of God. If there's any people group that you think you don't get to extend the love of Jesus to, the loving kindness of God's kingdom to, we need to revisit the life of Jesus so we can participate in the divine nature. It's about connection. That we know Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that we know God who sent him, that we know in relational knowledge, I know your voice, I know how you think, I'm walking with you, I'm entering into the things of the kingdom with expectation and participation. I am yours and you are mine. Look at this next picture. See, I think knowing God means that we need to put ourselves in God's presence. These are spiritual disciplines or practices. 
I know God because I spend time with God. I know my kids because I spend time with my kids. I know my friends because I talk to my friends and I ask them questions and I listen and they ask me questions and they listen. This is what we need to do in our relationship with God. We need time in God's presence to ask God questions and to listen and to be changed and to be transformed, to not think I have it all figured out, but to come in humility and say, God, would you redirect me where I need to be redirected? Would you break my heart for what breaks yours? Would you give me the heart of compassion that we see in Jesus? See, if you're still hung up on the power struggle and the things going on in this day, just be reminded Jesus was crucified by the powers in his day and time, both political, the Roman government, and religious, the people who said, we don't want Jesus, give us Barabbas the murderer. The way of Jesus confronts all the power in me and the opinions in me and the sin in me and the hiddenness in me and the darkness in me and the brokenness in me and the confusion in me and the chaos in me. And he says, I love you. Walk with me. How are you walking with God this year? It won't just happen. I used to go on walks a lot in the morning. Guess what happens when you don't set your alarm and you don't put on your shoes and you don't go out of your house? You don't walk. It has to be intentional. It has to be relational. I want to spend time with you, God. There are so many ways that you can do this. You can just begin to pray. This was our conversation last week. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send us into the fields. Begin to ask God what his heart is for you, who in your life he's calling you to invest in. Ask God to speak to you, and prayer can be more, than, more about listening than talking. Practice silence. Just be in God's presence. God, I'm here. I don't really know what else to do. Journal. Walk out in nature. Look at sunrises and sunsets. Look at the birds. Read scripture. Talk to a friend. Pray. How are you going to intentionally participate in the divine nature of God and intentionally welcome the divine power of God to give you what you need for this life? Ultimately, it requires the humility to receive. To receive. Giving, serving, community, spiritual encouragement. We all need spiritual encouragement. Who in your life is encouraging you on your spiritual journey? We all need someone who will encourage us in our spiritual journey. Who are you encouraging? We should have these people in our life that we're connected to that are investing in us and that we're investing in. This is the life of Jesus. This is what it looks like to be his follower. And gratitude. Remember that whole thing about comparison versus compassion? I was doing some reading recently, and I was captured by some research that just talked about the importance of gratitude. See, gratitude anchors us in God's glory and God's goodness. Gratitude says the kingdom of God is alive and is at work, and there is a source for all things good, and I need to look for it. I need to practice gratitude for the activity of God in my life. It's easy to see all the other stuff. How are you doing looking 
for the things to be grateful for, to practice daily gratitude. That is a significant spiritual discipline. Significant. So here's how I want to finish. I want to encourage you to read this multiple times this week. I want to encourage you to sit quietly in God's presence and say, God, what do you want to say to me? What do you have to say to me? And I want you to ask yourself this question. Are are you currently living your life sourced by God? His divine power is giving you everything that you need. Are you receiving it? Are you taking it? Are you using it? Here's what I mean. Do you ask God for business advice? Holy Spirit, would you give me wisdom in this business decision I'm trying to make? Would you lead me to the right people? Would you come and lead me through this meeting? Do you ask God for financial advice? Jesus talked a lot about money. Holy Spirit, would you give me the wisdom of your kingdom and how I can live generously and how I can trust you and how I can make wise decisions? Ask for wisdom. Do you ask God for relationship advice? His goodness, his glory, his example. Do you ask God for his outlook on life? God, I know how all the media outlets are framing all these options. What do you see? What do you see when you look at my life? What do you see when you look at these people or those people or this person? How do you see this, God? Would you, give, would you be my source for this moment, for this outlook? Do you ask God for rest? Are you exhausted? Are you weary? Are you discouraged? That does not sound like his divine power or his nature. Where in our lives are we not receiving fully all that God wants to pour out into us? That is the transformational journey. A community experiencing the transforming love of Jesus means this. We expect us to not have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. I don't. So I want to walk in relationship with God and say, would you grow me into a more mature, connected follower of Jesus? That is the transformational journey we are all on. Let me show you a picture of what I mean. Look at this next slide. What is this? A lamp. Good. So far, my illustration is working. (laughs) We'll see. Still have a little ways to go. What is the purpose of a lamp? Give off light. Power, bulb, on-off string. We are made in the image of God. We all bear the image of God. I can, I can be an image bearer of God and never connect my life to God. I can be a lamp intended to shine the light of God's kingdom 
And if I never allow myself to live from the source of light and the source of love and the source of God's kingdom, I will bear the image of a lamp. I will have everything I need to live out my divine design, to participate in that lamp life of the light that lights all mankind. And no matter how hard I try, nothing. However, if I understand I'm not supposed to live my life by my own power and my own strength and my own source, and in humility I say, God, I need you. You are the source of my life. It is only when I'm connected to you that I can shine the light of your kingdom the way I was intended to. This is the invitation. I will tell you, I think I'm connected, but I can be in the off switch. I've been following Jesus a long time, praying a lot, reading my Bible. I can do this sometimes. I'm just sending out an SOS. When it's convenient, oh, Jesus, I love you. Not convenient anymore. All right. <laughs> Guess who didn't go to parties? No, I'm just kidding. I just mean, so that, like, I need more Jesus because inside I just want to go, yeah, but I had thousands of people screaming for me when I was playing on the basketball court. <laughs> Arrogance and pride needs to be rooted out of my life so that I will go, there is no other way. This is the way to live connected to Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit for the sake of my kids in the next generation. Come Holy Spirit for the sake of my marriage. Come, Holy Spirit, for the sake of my neighbors, for the sake of this church, for the sake of staff that I lead. Would you come and be gracious to them? Come, Holy Spirit, for the families and those who are trying to find their way back to God. Come, Holy Spirit, so that we would be sent into the harvest field because the harvest field is right, but that we would be sent with compassion, not anger and disgust. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me with the light of life. Come, Holy Spirit. And I was thinking, if you don't like this example, think about your phone. How many of you have a phone that you have to charge every day? Yeah, you can take it off, you know, but it just slowly does this. That's actually, I think, how we are. We get filled up, we get connected to God, we go live our life, and we kind of distance ourselves from God, and we drain. And we lose our power source, and we have to be charged again, charged again, charged again. Let's just live intimately connected to the divine power of God and the divine presence of God so that we can participate in the divine nature of God so that when the world looks at the church, they would see the beautiful, beautiful nature of Jesus. The Old Testament says, taste and see that the Lord is good taste and see that the Lord is good. When people see your life, when people taste your life, do they know that it's the glory and goodness of God? And some of us today just need to be honest. This, that's how we're living. Made in the image of God. God loves you. God delights in you. 
God is pursuing you. You just have to ask the question, am I receiving what God wants to give? Am I stepping into the kingdom and say, God, I receive you, and I want to live all of my days intimately connected to you? I want you to think about it. I want you to think about your own life, honestly. Is the loving kindness of Jesus capturing you as, as much as God wants it to? His divine power is giving you everything you need for a godly life so that we can participate in the divine nature, so that we can be transformed, which is going to be the weeks to come. We're going to work the list of transformation. Because we understand that there is a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of God.